Hi. Hi. Welcome to Sip. Survive. And repeat. Holy crap. It's been a day. We, it's Monday. This is coming out tomorrow. It's raining. It's cold. It's awful outside. It's, it's terrible. Um, it's wait, pretty, I though. My phone? Yeah. I mean, it's very fall, like spooky yeah. Halloween, Ooh. but I would like to say that, um, Danelle's lawn is very moist. <laughs> I don't know why it gets like that. It's, it's almost like a sponge. It's very spongy. Whenever as you Todd walk through mows it. it, like, I feel like he's a hard time mowing it sometimes because it's so spongy. It's the spongiest lawn Even I think I've ever walked on. Out. Yeah, it's spongy. <laughs> and it's big for a side, a corner lot. It we is. a big front yard. So yes. It gets a lot of sponge action. I don't know. It made no sense. <laughs> Whatever. I have no reasoning for it. I like it. It's spongy. It's very spongy. Um, what was I going to say? What were we talking about? Oh, jeans. Mm. <clears throat> I was wearing something cute earlier today because I had actual appointments with Work. people. Yes. How, and what's that like? Strange because I had to wear a mask. So I, it's like I smile at them assuredly and they don't know. I had a meeting a, like a week ago and it had been a while since I had a face-to-face like sit-down meeting mm. and I was kind of nervous. Yeah. I wasn't, I was like out of the vibe of yeah. talking to people other than you guys. Yeah. I pretty much just see you guys and mm-hmm. then like, and maybe like two other friends. Yeah. So no, it was, it was strange, but I was wearing jeans and a sweater with embellishment on the shoulders. Mm. Very cute. Oh, I saw you this morning. Yeah. I, you yeah. saw me in it. Okay. Um, but I would like to tell everyone that I immediately came home, put on leggings and a very oversized sweatshirt because it's much better to be mm-hmm. this way. And I just don't, I don't need to be dressed up. Were the jeans like a high waist situation? They're high waist. They're my first pair of jag jeans. What's that? Um, jag jeans are pull on jeans, meaning they don't have a button or a zipper because fuck that noise. But they're not elastic. Uh, they, I mean, they're it's pull It's like a on. step in the right non-elastic direction. Not really, but oh, I would like okay. to say I bought a pair of real jeans and I actually really like them and think they're really comfortable. And I think part of it is they're not stretchy at all. Oh, they're like real ass jeans. Yeah. I got them from the gap, which like I live near now and I, they're the cigarette jeans, uh-huh. high waisted cigarette jeans. I'm and like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> and they have a zipper and a button. I had to go up a size, which was sad, but they're so, they're like comfortable. But though. don't get discouraged by that because it depends on where you buy your jeans on the sizes right. you're at. So it doesn't matter. And I feel like th- I almost like that they're not stretchy. I like that they're more structured because they like hold you in, but they're not. Yeah. They don't stretch out to where they're going to fall off. Mm-hmm. That's what I always hate. Like halfway like through the, the day. Sags. Yeah. Halfway through the day, it's like my crotch is down to my knees and I don't like it. Have you ever tried Athleta jeans? No, but you've told me about them. They're really good. Also, um, J. Crew makes a really good like cigarette jean too. Okay. But I had to go size up in that too. Okay. I've heard but good things. But they sag a little bit yeah, halfway I, through the day. It's so the I sagging that I don't yeah. like. Um, I even have some leggings that do that. So I... Just like get your pant game together, people. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I ha- I don't have a skinny waist and a big butt. I have a big everything. Like get it together. And like when I bend over, it's going to roll over. Right. God. Don't do that. Stop it. Just need a full body suit. <laughs> just put me in a, a full body suit. A wrestler singlet. <laughs> yeah, just give me one of those. Do you know when I was um, younger and I took dance, I took jazz. I because did too. obviously that was the cool thing to do in the 80s and 90s. Um, Lyrical. Yes. And I wore unitards, mm-hmm. um, which are basically wrestling singlets for mm-hmm. girls. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the story in fifth grade when I tried out for like the talent show and I wore an all black 
like one piece singlet. Ooh. It was like long legs. You it was like a modern. This. Oh, this is a great story. It was like a modern legging, but yeah. it was like a shiny Lyrica, but it also had like straps. So you'd wear like a shirt underneath it. So you're saying they were kind of like suspenders? Kind of, yeah. But the best part of the story is. I um, tried out for a solo dance, which yeah. I'm sure was amazing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't wear underwear that day. Why? You can't, do, you can't wear underwear with a singlet. Exactly. Mm. And there was a hole in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out afterwards. My friend told did me. You, did you even know that you had a vagina that would air out? <laughs> no. No. I didn't. <laughs> She's losing it, everyone. I didn't make the cut. Let's just say that. <laughs> They're like, this girl's the trying a little too hard. <laughs> I scared the judges. Were there any, like, forward-facing splits that they would have seen said hole? I think there was a couple spread eagle moves. <laughs> and an innocent, and a very innocent, like, you know where you have, like, a chair as a bra? Did, did you because, say you were in fifth grade, though? Yeah, like, okay. it was super innocent. Like, it was like the MC Hammer CNC Music Factory dance moves, where you, like, have a chair as a prop. Everybody swear. And you have like a chair and you do maybe a fan kick. Yeah. Fan kicks. Or, and I fan kicked that fucking thing. <laughs> anyway. I love CNC Music Factory. I did too. Apparently you remember that song, much. Things That Make You Go Hmm? Yeah. Oh my God. Things That Make You Go Hmm. <laughs> so inappropriate. I don't know how we got on that, but... That was that was a good laugh. Because we were talking about uh, leggings. I'm pretty mm. sure these these leggings, this one or the other pair I have, have a hole in the crotch area. Well, don't do just, any fan kicks. I'm not. I <laughs> I mean, I'm planning to lounge around here and then lounge around at my house later. So, Well, mm. I always check for holes now. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I say if you're looking down there, you deserve it. <laughs> All right, let's talk wine. Um, I almost just snorted. <laughs> okay. We're drinking something that's hard to pronounce. <clears throat> I'll let Jenny do the honors. En Sedun, Coteau d'En Serun. Oh, it rhymes. That's not right at all. <laughs> all I heard was toad. <laughs> Coteau. Coteau. Coteau? Coteau? It's anyway. vegan. I see that from the back Oh, it of is? It. Nice. Um, it's a Malbec. We're very excited. It's from our friends at Magna Wine Boutique in beautiful Bedford. It's delicious. Soon to be opening their second location in Cuyahoga Falls. Okay, I'm going to read what they said on the box because I am not a wine connoisseur. If you ask me, I'd say it tastes very nice and grapey. But what they say is more elegant, eloquent, both. Uh, (laughs) It's Sorry, we're real giggly today. Um, it's well balanced with fruity and floral notes. Now you guys tell me if you taste this. Okay. Cherry and raspberry initially touch the nose, followed by notes of licorice and peony to create a vibrant, bright finish. Are you guys picking that up? I definitely taste cherry. Okay. I taste that. I never taste licorice in wine. I don't I either. See I that hate licorice. And I don't like licorice, so I'm glad I don't yeah. taste it. I, I always see that. Died. I never taste it, though. Someone died from eating a whole thing of licorice. I saw that. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So crazy. Okay. Um, and it says that you should pair this with red meat to complement the rustic dryness of the En Sandun Malbec. Mm. So, it would be good with the steak. It would yeah. be good with the steak. It's very, it's very dark rich. in color. Rich and bold. Yeah, it's very dark. I like it. I like Malbec. That was kind of my wine of choice for a hot minute, especially like fall, winter. Is it Malbec or is it Malbec? 
Listen, I'm, I'm from no, Ohio. No, I'm not. No. I'm not asking because I, I always say Malbec and you know how I mispronounce most things. You're probably right, but I think my Ohio accent mm. says Malbec mm. because I say mom yeah. and aunt. Nah, well, aunt. Meal or mal? Yeah. I just, I mal, Malbec. Malbec. It could be Malbec. Listen, whatever it is, it's delicious. I'm going to let you It's got it. a little spice to it, which mm. I enjoy. Um, so yeah, anyway, if you guys want to join the Magna Wine Boutique Wine Club, it's really easy to do. Go to magnawineboutique.com, click on Wine Club, and then you can get yourself all signed up there. Ooh, there's people installing a furnace here if you hear mm-hmm. any construction noises. We, we've been out of, a, <laughs> out of heat for a couple weeks, so we're getting a new furnace today. Yay! They've been working their butts off here, so Aww. I know. So nice. I know. So nice. Who's doing it? You want to give them a shout out? Uh, stack heating and cooling. Nice. All right. Well, thanks, Stack, for getting things heated up in here. Although I have to say, I produce enough body heat. I don't need... This is going to be, like, right up your alley. I feel like AC was on in my house until, like, literally a couple days ago. And that was just because my son was over. (laughs) Great. I feel like... So every day, Todd's had to, like, light a fire. Oh. So this is, like... That kind of sounds romantic, though. It is. But I think after day five, you're over it. Yeah. I mean, he's over it. I'm not. I love when we have fires. But when you're tending to it every hour, it gets annoying. Here's a question. Uh, Kenny is a young man. We used to be young women, not men, but mm-hmm. young women. And did you ever play the game where how long can you go without turning the heat on? No. I think that's a game your parents wanted All you to play. Really? Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah. No, me and my friends played oh, it. Oh, like in college? No, we didn't do that. Oh, no. My friend, my two friends. You know how I feel about the cold? I'm not playing that game. I'm not my, participating Okay, so my really good friends, Shelly and Megan, used to live together. And we would go to their house to watch Grey's Anatomy on whatever night it was out. Thursday nights, I think it was. Mm, yes. <clears throat> when it first came out. And... We used to have to go to their house, and I, A, weighed a lot less, so I didn't have as much body fat to keep me warm. And so I would wear, like, long johns, a turtleneck, a sweatshirt, sweatpants, and I would show up at their house because they refused to turn the heat on. Their house would be, like, 50 degrees. No. Oh, we never got that bad. We, oh, yeah. We always played how long to keep turn the AC on more than anything. No. Like, if See, we would let that. our house get to, like, 90 degrees. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I feel like I could definitely keep it cold for a long time and just, like, wear lots of blankets and, like, bundle up. But as soon as it gets hot, I'm like, turn on the AC. What are we doing? Yeah. No. I don't like to sweat, though. You know Did that. you grow up with, with AC, though? Yeah. See, I grew up with no AC, not. so we're, I'm used uh, to, like, yeah. I think that has something to do with it. Yeah, and I think also the fact that I am a heavy sweater, mm, like, yeah. Like sweating is my least favorite thing, and when it starts to happen, and it happens very easily for me, I just like lose my mind. Anyway, long story short, shout out to Magna Wine Boutique for this delicious shout wine, out. Malbec, it's very good. and um, shout out to Stack for coming and fixing the furnace while well, replacing it. Really, um, yeah. The other morning it was sixty degrees in here, whoop, whoop. a little chilly, a little so. chillster. <laughs> I would have been over here like, yes, I know you'd have loved it. My house was like sixty-five. Callie loves it. Recently. She loves the cold. Mm. You know, I love it too. You know, Sedona boys. loves it too. Sedona's got a lot of fur on mm-hmm. her. So, mm. okay. Um, <clears throat> you ready? I, I do have a little cough, but it's not COVID. I don't think. <coughs> okay. Well, we'll find out. We're going to find out soon. I have no other symptoms other than I'm extremely tired, but that's just because I am a mom. And you've been going, going, going. Okay. Okay. Who's going first? Um, I should go first. Go for it. Cause I want to get mine out of the way. Okay. <laughs> So this is the survival story of Priscilla Salyers, and she survived the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, shit. And I don't know if some of you might be too young to remember the Oklahoma City. Kenny, do you remember it? I don't think It was think in I was, 95, so. Oh, I was technically alive. I know but, about it, but yeah. I don't remember it. So, How old were you? Like a year? Yeah, one. 
but I'm sure you well, learned about it. Probably less than one if it happened like in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, April, April nineteenth, like five months old, nineteen ninety five, five month old Kenny, little baby Kenny. Imagine if you will, he was pale, <sighs> crying in his crib, still really tall and skinny. It was weird. <laughs> I do. I think I would like to see baby pictures. Can I? Can you bring I was those out? Short and fat. Really? As a little baby, yeah. Oh my god! Did so you have a lot cute. of hair or a little hair? Uh as a baby, not much. Well, I mean, like toddler. I mean, age, like toddler. Lots of hair. Yeah. Was it white? Yeah, like very, very like white. Declan very white. Very fluffy. Yeah. I like okay. white hair too. Probably whiter than Declan's. What? I'll, I'll somebody, get a picture. somebody asked me if my son was albino. So I got asked that. He's all not the time. that. Oh my god! You I did. Mean, he will go through grade school being asked that by every kid. Perfect. Oh, so. so you did when you were in grade school? Yeah. Very white. But Very. does Declan tan at all in the summer? No. He gets some color. I mean, I knew you put sunscreen on him. But he gets like, some color, but he's like really pale. Yeah. Well, he'll have good skin when he's older. Just, just like his keep, mom. Yeah, just what? keep the SPF 50 on him, okay? Mm. Mm. Um, okay. Okay. So April 1995. A great uh, year. This was a domestic terrorist attack. If you don't remember, mm. um, there was a truck full of explosives that blew up the federal building in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. The mastermind was Timothy McVeigh, that motherfucker. Um, Are you going to talk about why he chose a, that? A little... Because I don't remember all the smidge, details. But I, so here's the thing. I'll just get into now. So he was motivated, according to Wikipedia, um, for his <laughs> dislike Bible. for the U.S. federal government. His dislike of his the His dislike, federal, okay. Uh-huh, okay. Um, and he was unhappy about its handling of the Ruby Ridge incident in 1992 and the Waco siege in 1993. I looked up Ruby Ridge. I did do that. Okay. And I got to like the second sentence and I was like, nah. Okay. So it was something like that happened in Ruby Ridge, Idaho or Ruby Ridge is a place. That's all I know. Okay. If you're interested, go find it. I know what the Waco incident is. But we all know what the Waco incident is, right? Waco. I think you covered something with, did you cover that? Yeah, I think I did. But I, I mean, I also watched the, like that documentary that was on Netflix about it. Maybe that's what we talked about. Yeah, I think that's. I what started we watching about. that, and then it just gave me eerie. It was just like creepy deeps. He, I couldn't yeah. do it. Sometimes that stuff does get creepy. Um, he did have an accomplice too, Terry Nichols. So the bombing happened early in the morning, and it killed at least 168 people. Damn. I didn't realize, it. and a lot of, and it killed a lot of children too, which yeah. is sad. Was there a daycare in there? There was a daycare Damn in there, it. and he did say in court that he didn't realize there was a daycare in there. However, he did also scout out the building. And he mentioned other places on the first floor and the daycare was like, like he mentioned like noticing the floral shop, the florist shop. He didn't notice the screaming and the children daycare and the was blocks. like right next to the florist shop. Yeah. And the Fuck prosecutor was like, how did you, how did you see one and not the other? Anyway. Um, so it wasn't camouflaged. It was not. It injured, the blast injured more than 680 people and destroyed more than one third of the building. This must have been a damn big building. It was a huge building. I think it was nine stories they say in here, nine floors. Wow. Um, the blast destroyed 324 other buildings around it within a six block radius and shattered glass in nearly 258 other buildings near it as well and caused almost $650 million worth of damage. Where so it was did a he huge get, where did he get all these explosives? It was in, so he rented a van, a rider van and uh-huh. loaded it with like fertilizer and like all these barrels oh, and just, it was like very homemade mm-hmm. mm. parked it. It was very homemade, but it was also very like sophisticated in that way um he parked it at a meter Mm -hmm. near the front of the building Mm -hmm. and then four minutes after he walked away he blasted it out so um he was 
put to death in 2001 by lethal injection mm. injection oh boy strap him and zap him strap him and zap him and then i know he was also after the blast 90 minutes after the explosion he was stopped by the highway state patrol mm. and for not having a license plate dummy interesting and um also he was then arrested for illegal weapons in the van and that's how the, then with forensics and everything they put two and two together and that's oh how he was actually arrested God. so they really? caught him pretty quickly afterwards not knowing that he was the one that did the blast wow wow i didn't know that so okay. back to our survivor priscilla she's one of many this is a classic reader's reader's digest, digest. Um, you know I love an RD. I left some of the language in here just because it's so poetic. Everything in Reader's Digest is fucking poetic. I want to give credit where credit is due. And Reader's Digest is due the credit. Is due the credit. We should really subscribe to their magazine because we use it so much. I feel like we should. We owe them like a donation or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really my go-to. So we've had a couple weeks here where we've done back-to-back ones. And it's, again, not easy to always find stories. It's kind of my go-to when I'm I'm in a pinch. Well, you'll see where I I got my story from. It's (laughs) hilarious. Um, So Priscilla was, um, she worked in the building, the federal building on the fifth floor. Mm -hmm. And she was an investigative assistant for the uh, customs, like the customs department. Okay. Um, I read in another article that she was an investigator. This article says an investigative assistant. So she was into the investigatory system. She had some type of investigative role. Great. Okay. Um, so she had been talking to her boss on that morning and um, it was around 902. Uh, her boss's name was Paul Ice. Paul Ice. Paul Ice. Wow. And so Ice Ice baby. She was sitting in her cube and he had walked into her cube <clears throat> and asking her about some reports or whatever and the QED uh, report like I was trying to I was trying to make a joke for that and I couldn't think of the word um when a thunderous gale force roar of wind that literally is what it said yeah and a thunderous gale force roar of wind whoosh past her head oh my god and then silence and then that's blackness. not what you're expecting in a building just no a so just having a conversation then all of a sudden everything you know a loud boom and everything goes black and um she tried to move, could not move, and she also sensed tremendous pressure, uh, mostly on her head. Oh, no. And she thought to herself, I read this in another article, she thought to herself at that moment she was having a seizure, and her first reaction was, oh, my God, how embarrassing that I'm having a seizure in front of my Aww. boss, which is really sad. I mean, and just so you guys all know, if you have seizures, do not be embarrassed. It no. is not your fault. It is something that is happening because that's how nature made you. Or then she also thought, did I have a stroke? Oh, God. Like, she was so confused as to what happened. And then she also thought, did my boss catch me? Like, how am I, how am I, like, like, where am I laying? She was so confused. But then. That would be confusing, though. She also realized her mind was really clear. So she ruled those two things out. So Mm -hmm. she's just trying to pinpoint really exactly what happened um, in all of this. But um, she kept thinking if she could just, she's like, I just need to get my head off my desk. So in her mind, she was, like, positioned, like, with her head on her desk somehow. Oh, God. Um, so she realized that there was little she could move except for her left wrist and hand. Um, her mouth was also filled with debris, ash, powder, everything from the building. Mm-mm. And again, there was just something super powerful and strong crushing her skull on her head. Um, she was face down mm-hmm. with her, I wrote in butt, but the Reader's Digest called it her rump. Um, her ass was she was ass up head down yeah she was ass up head down 
And um, she was twisted to her, towards the right, and her right arm was, like, tangled underneath her. So the only arm that was free, if you guys could see me right now, is her left arm. And <laughs> she rest. looks like a marionette. Yes. <laughs> not, that, not that she was free, because she could, you know, just move her fingers, whatever. Oh, my God. Um, so as her left hand was free, her fingers, she tried to dig a little bit to see, like, what the fuck is around me? Like, she felt the concrete and the rocks and stuff like that. And then she started to pray to God. And just she prayed that he would give her strength to survive at this point. Can you imagine, though, if you didn't make it out of this blast? Like, you would never know what happened. You, you would not. Yeah, you just die so and not, confused. God. I wonder if, like, yeah. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. We can't answer that question. So I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> we'll get back to that next week when I do an alien story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> when I do <laughs> an par- alien's descent. When I do a paranormal story. Perfect. And we'll talk about spirits. We should do, we should do paranormal, though, before Halloween. That's a good one. Maybe we could do a co-one. Okay. If we Let's can find a good that. one. Okay. 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 So, but all through this, she, her most at that moment, obviously her head was hurting really bad, but the thing that she was annoyed about the most was she had a piece of gum in her mouth mm. and, and the all dust that debris was starting to collect on it. And it was like creating like a little cement ball in her mouth Ew. and she couldn't, she couldn't chew it or spit it out Shit. because her jaw was like clenched under all the rocks. Mm-mm. Um, so she's in there for about 30 minutes at this point and she heard far off voices of men Mm -hmm. and then suddenly they were close by and she heard a man speak and said, okay, this is the daycare center. We have a lot of children in here. And she tried to scream and let them know that she was there, but she couldn't make her mouth work. It was too like jammed up with stuff. And she was also confused, too, because she worked on the fifth floor and the daycare was on the first floor. Uh-oh. And she's like, what the hell is going on? Like, she just, it was just send Shit. her. In. Is she on the first floor? She's on the first floor. God damn it. But the fact that she's alive. Can you Insanity. believe that? Insanity. Um, uh, so then she prays to God again. But this time it's for calm. It's for, um, hold on, for calming and wisdom thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense but you get what I'm trying to say I liked it I liked what you were trying to do there <laughs> that's what I wrote here <laughs> just in case you're wondering excellent notes <laughs> um so let's see she was also her biggest fear at this point too was the pressure on her head and wondering what the hell was going to happen um okay so she the voices then disappeared and she's alone again, complete silence. Um, and she started to feel tired Uh-oh. and she was like, no, I can't fall asleep because I have to go pick up my son later today. He's at school. He's going to oh, be Jesus. waiting for me. So all these things are going, you know, as a mom, I'm sure like yeah. terrifying that's the shit you think of. Um, so that's what kept her <clears throat> awake during all of this and her mind working. Um, and then suddenly she heard a loud voice and it said, Hey, here's a live one over here. And she started moving her hand and she felt someone reach down and grab her hand and squeeze it and rub it. And she said the minute she felt someone like grab her hand, everything went limp. Like she just like melted because she was so excited to have someone alive touching her. Yes. Um, she said that the man asked her what her name was and it took every ounce of energy and breath to say her name because it was just, she was pretty much paralyzed at that point. Um, the man realized how hard it was for her to talk. So he did most of the talking and um, she said that she, she asked the guy, she was like, I don't know what happened. Can you please tell me what happened? And he told her the building blew up. And we don't know why, but we're checking it out. So that's the first time she knew hours into this what was mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so by this point, other rescuers had crawled into, it was a really small 
you know, cramped space where she was. And they started removing the rubble piece by piece. And at every moment, though, one of they took turns, but someone was always holding her hand. So there's a rescuer always holding her hand while other rescuers were pulling off the pieces. Um, And she said that that really, like, was one of the life-saving things that happened that day. Um, Finally, after a while, while the man was holding her hand, um, he gently whispered to her that they have to leave for a little bit. And she was, then she started freaking out. She's like, no, 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 don't, don't leave me. Don't leave me alone. Just get me out of here. And he said, we have to go get a tool. We need a special tool to get you out of here. I promise you I'll be back. What if he was like, we have to run to lunch. (laughs) We're all very hungry. We have to go to Arby's. I'm thinking Arby's. What do you think of Priscilla? They have the meat. (laughs) Do you want some curly fries? Oh my God, fucking curly fries. I love them. Did you get curly fries today? I did. I had a curly fries. And you know what I regret is that I didn't get a turnover because I really like, oh. they have turnovers What there. did you get to eat though? Sidebar. Um, I got a, ro- a regular roast beef and a curly fry and a Coke. Mm. And it was inappropriate and very delicious. Mm. It sounds good to me. Obviously, I fell off the Weight Watchers train again. <laughs> the Weight Watch. I do really good for like three to four days and then it. And I just feel like I did so well in the spring and now I'm just like, I think because my life is in turmoil that I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I you're going through I'm some trying shit. to diet at I mean, the same you're time. you're going through some stuff. Right. It's fine. Mm. Um, you'll get there when you get there. So, Correct. But really the rescuers were leaving because there was a, another bomb threat. Uh-oh. So they had received, I think they found like some mysterious whatever. And so they had to evacuate everything. Also, the building was making lots of like creaks and noises. And they were, the whole front of the building was pretty much blown off. Right. I remember seeing pictures. So they were worried that it was going to collapse too. Yeah. So they, they really didn't have to go get a tool. They just had to like clear the area and make sure that there wasn't another bomb that was going to go off. But they didn't tell her that obviously. Thank right. God. Hey, we think this place might totally collapse. So we're going to... So you're skedaddle. on your own. We're going to skedaddle out of here. So there she was again, alone in her silence. And she was angry. She was scared. She was having all the emotions. Mm. Um, She's like, how am I going to pick up my son? She also was annoyed. I mean, not at the rescuers, but her body was so tightly constructed with how the rocks were laying on her <clears throat> that she just felt a, like not as secure because they started, you know, moving some of the rocks. So her, you know, her body, like she had broken bones and stuff. And now that she wasn't like put in the right position if that makes sense yeah so the pain started to creep in too um she also realized that something was poking her in the stomach uh-oh it was not a curly fry damn, damn it that's this is actually only, not a joke this the, actually is not a good okay. joke a point a part to me for me to make a joke okay but, but i would like to say that the only thing that's allowed to poke me in the stomach is a curly fry <laughs> <laughs> that's it <clears throat> me too um so she worked her free hand around and realized that it was a man's hand uh-oh. And judging by the size of it, she realized. And she thought maybe it was her. This says colleague in the beginning. It said boss. So I don't know if Paul Ice was her boss or colleague. doesn't really matter. She was hoping maybe it was Paul. And she squeezed his hand and, and wanted some type of response, but then realized it was cold and unresponsive. Oh, and no. And it was just like stuck there, poking in her stomach. No. This is the first time she started to cry. A this curly lady fry would have been better. This lady is badass. I think she's 41 at the time when this happened, too. Okay. So then out of nowhere, loud voices came back Mm -hmm. and the scene was just like the first time where, um, you know, the rescue workers were back and she just said, get me out of here. She pleaded to them Mm -hmm. and she said she then closed her eyes and started praying again and step by step they took step by step. Ooh, baby. Gonna get to your Priscilla. Oh, okay. Step one. (laughs) We remove all the rocks. Step two. 
We set you free. <laughs> and that's what they did. They Kenny's like, the I don't know what song you're singing. Kenny's like, A, how the fuck am I going to edit this? <laughs> B, I hate both of you. Um, it's the new kids on the block, Kenny. Okay. Get it together. Did you know who that was? No, no oh. idea. Okay. okay. Great talk. Um, <laughs> he is I lost so my place young. Of but he's still a millennial, which is you like, you get annoyed when people say that you're young. Because you're getting to your like almost uh, late 20s and it's probably getting old at this point. He's not in his late 20s. He's aren't? going to be. He's 26. Not yet. Oh, he's 24. I don't know I, how old you are, Kenny. I don't find it annoying yet because I am still like the youngest person in the office. So mm. it, it's hard to mm. complain about it. If there's not anyone enjoy it because then one day you're just suddenly like oh shit i'm you're not so the young much one. further than where i was when i was 25 when i was 25 i was a rat yeah you've got your shit together okay um okay <laughs> so i lost my place um uh, they were okay. gonna get her out they had to step by step massive metal and concrete column that was virtually resting on her head which is what was pushing in her head and they did tell her later mm. that it was a miracle that it had not slipped a single centimeter or it would have crushed her. Oh, God. So she had a whole entire column. Like, think of a giant building column, like, resting mm-hmm. on her head. Um, she must have had one hard-ass head. Yeah. Above her, she could hear circular saws and tools at work. Imagine just the mm. noises of That metal. reminds me of getting a, a cast off. Oh, I've never had that. Oh, terrifying. They use a saw. And what if they go too deep? Dude, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They worked fast, and again, they knew that the groaning of the building might shift, and the building might come down, say, to get her out fast. Um, so her legs and body were freed first, um, and then both arms, and the rescuers told her the hardest part would be getting her tightly pinned head free from the monstrous column crushing her. Um, so the same moment that they whisked her out from under it, they well, they lifted up the column really quickly with a tool and then <clears throat> removed her from it. I kind of already said that, but it's fine. But oh my um, god, she was dragged free, terrible pain. Um, she had broken ribs, collapsed lungs, and countless nasty puncture wounds all over her body. Uh-huh. Um, four hours and fifteen minutes, she was trapped and fell from the fifth floor to the first floor. Uh, she was so shaken, she could hardly hear the cheers from the rescuers and bystanders as they carried her from the rubble. Mm. Interesting story about Priscilla is that there's not a lot of aftermath stuff about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. In fact, every article I tried to read wanted me to pay for it. <laughs> so, and you were like, fuck you. So I tried to read briefly when you Google search <laughs> it what was free. Mm-hmm. So this is what I got. So... <laughs> So she struggled with survivor's guilt, mm-hmm. obviously, yes. which would be very, you know, she said she lost joy in a lot of things. She, I guess, prior to this was a wonderful knitter, like mm. had won awards and like would knit these beautiful like fabrics and all these things. And she would bring her knitting kit to work with yes. her and she always had it with her. Great. And it was actually two weeks after the blast, someone found her knitting kit and returned it to her. And she just couldn't even, like, it was her one passion in life, and she just couldn't even, like, bear to do it. Well, years later, she went, every year they have, like, a memorial service for the victims, and she went and just found inspiration there. And um, she started knitting again, and she ended up making a, um, I don't know if it was a, this is where the article cut off, but I don't know if it was a blanket (laughs) or a sweater. She made some type of piece to memorialize the victims and the survivors. And it really, she just said once she picked up those knitting sticks, she just couldn't stop. Fuck yeah. And she just knew it was something she needed to do. 
Um, so I'm assuming that life is good for her now. Okay. Um, I, again, feel like she goes to the memorial every year, so she's doing well and hopefully still knitting to this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that is the amazing survival story of Priscilla. And there are a lot of other survivor stories on the Reader's Digest if you would like to read more. Please don't, though, because that's where we get a lot of content from. <laughs> Stay away from it. If you want to keep listening to this podcast, don't fucking spoil it. <laughs> Thank you. Stay away from it. Let us support it. We will tell you all the stories. You don't need them. You don't need to read it. Don't read Reader's Digest. We will read it to you. Stop it. Oh, oh yeah. I'm already sweating, and it hasn't even. I haven't even gone yet. Well, I can't wait to hear your story because Jenny has nothing in front of her, which makes me excited. (laughs) Um, No notes, no computer, no nothing, nada. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, this, like I said, it was my first full week with my son, who's five. And so it was the week and then the weekend. And I am like literally exhausted. I can see, not that I'm saying you look tired. I can see it in your eyes that you're very... You're I just want to take like, the best nap ever. I just want to like melt mm-hmm. into like a, something comfy and yeah. like eat crap this evening. That's what I'm going to do with my You life. should go home, order a pizza, open a bottle of wine, eat mm. the entire pizza, and then pass out. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. And snuggle with Donna on the ca- Donna shit. That would be hard to do because she's a horse. But Sedona, <laughs> Sedona. I always call Sedona Donna. Well, because they're both my loves. I know. So I love it. Um, yes, Sedona, she she did have an accident in the house for like the second time. And I was very upset with her. But it was my fault. It's also a change for her too. I know. We're all adjusting. She's going through changes. I think that's part of the reason I'm exhausted too. Is because like my son over the weekend was much more like whiny than mm. usual. And I think he's just like adjusting and doesn't know how to like deal with that. Yeah. Okay, deep breath. Mm. Okay. okay. <clears throat> I have to look up this guy's name real quick. Okay, I, I can talk. This blank so um, now I'm put on the spot. Oh, I was in your woods on um, Sunday. I was at Crocker Park. Oh, yeah? Okay, yeah. I found it. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Action. <laughs> and scene. Um, I am doing the survival story of one Debbie Pignataro. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, let's start with her husband, though, shall we? Mm, I'm Anth- sure he's a real treat. Anthony Pignataro. Uh, Tony uh, was a surgeon, and he was also an entrepreneur. And Great combo. If you would like to know what he invented, I will tell you. It's very exciting. Tell me. <laughs> so sorry. He, and he wasn't just the inventor. He was also a client. <laughs> it was a toupee. Is it the MyPillow? Oh. No, it's a toupee. Oh. That snaps into bolts that are put in your head. I've heard of this. Yes, they put bolts into your skull, and then you can snap your toupee onto the fucking bolts like you're a Frankenstein. Do you Did guys he hear sell what I'm a saying? lot of these? I don't know. I don't know. So it's like... A post for your, t- you know, like if you get, if you have a missing tooth, you get a post yeah. and it's like that in your head with a, there's like, it's like a snap on toupee, but the snaps are embedded in your skull. Mm. Okay. Mm. Anywho. What if he goes through a medical, a metal detector? <sighs> well, I think he's going to have a bit of an issue. Hold <laughs> well, um, on, let me unsnap this. And so will all the other men who got it. Um, I don't know how popular it ever became because that was the first time I had heard of it and it mm-hmm. sounded terrible. Yeah. But whatever i'm gonna go ahead keep what's going. it called 
I don't know. Oh, okay. I just want to Google a snap-on. Snap-on toupee. Just look it up. Tell me what it looks like. I did not. Oh, the, the way that I found the story, by the way, is that I was watching Forensic Files last night after my son fell asleep. And I was like, hmm, I, w- I really need to find my story for tomorrow. And then as I'm laying there, I figured out that my Forensic File lady was going to survive. And I was like, yes. It's always First a score. thing that comes up when I Google snap-on toupee is Forensic Files. Yes. yes. Um. This is gross. <laughs> okay, so everyone Google that in your spare time because that alone interested me in the story. I mean, that alone. So then I actually, I was doing a little um, Googling today and on uh, the Oxygen Network uh, website, there was actually another patient. So basically, Dr. Pignataro was doing plastic surgery. But as it turns out, Dr. Pignataro was not a board-certified plastic How surgeon. How fuckers get away with that? He, in fact, went to medical school in Puerto Rico. Oh, boy. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... Th- yeah, but there's a big difference between being a board-certified plastic surgeon and not. Come yeah, on. he was an ENT, and his wife said he didn't even finish that training. Mm-mm. So he wasn't really an ENT. He was like an almost ENT that then decided to do plastic surgery. So on this Oxygen uh, website, um, there was a woman who went in for liposuction. And Mm. he took her, he said he was going to do it. He took her down into the basement of the medical building. And she was like, it was a far cry from like the sterilized medical like room that you would hope for, for a procedure like this. Yeah, you run. They gave her a bunch of pills to take. And she just remembers she was sitting in a chair. That doesn't sound right either. And she was like, I told him that I didn't think this was right. And then I just remember they started and I was moaning. When I woke up, I just remember looking down and having all these staples in my stomach. They sent her home. Her daughter had to mop up the blood that was spilling out of her wounds, which she said were big enough to stick a finger in. Just... So she must have like a tummy tuck or something. No, too. it was just supposed to be liposuction. Oh. That's it. Liposuction, which shouldn't be that invasive. Mm-mm. Anywho, so eventually, I think the next day, she ends up going to the ER because she is bleeding so much. They look at her. She's losing tons of blood. She also, um, he, he nicked her intestines. And so she had a huge infection <gasps> because your intestines carry your fecal matter. Yeah, she's lucky she didn't get it. And what, he like, cut sept- off the blood, su- blood supply to part of her abdomen, which was now rotting. Okay, Dr. Pinkadero, relax. <laughs> so apparently I could have done a story on this lady too because she actually survived, but what a That's terrible a good nightmare. Idea. You could do like surgery survival, like plastic totally. surgery survival stories. You did that once. You did a list though. It was a list about oh. surger- surgical things. Okay, so, um, so this lady and her stomach, not good. The next patient... Unfortunately, wasn't as lucky. So her name was Sarah Smith, and Sarah Smith came in for a boob job, honey. Um, you gotta check that shit out first, girl. You've got to. You've got to. Those are your boobs, girl. And it was gonna be one of the navel ones where they go in through your belly button and Mm -hmm. go in, which I guess is like more invasive and requires more skill Mm -hmm. because, like, obviously you're not going like where the actual end result's gonna be you have to like fish around a little for it so 
Dr. Pignatero, our least favorite plastic surgeon. He was like, this is a more skilled surgery. I got this. You know what I got? He's like, let me try this. Yeah. He's like, let's go through your back. (laughs) He brings her into the basement surgery room like a creeper. Um, Again, she is sedated, but like not fully because she starts moaning in pain during the procedure. No. No, no. You need like anesthesia for that, sir. So Dr. Pignatero didn't have an anesthesiologist. In fact, he didn't even have a registered nurse. He had his wife, a person (laughs) with no qualifications. A human being. An LPN, which is a licensed something nurse nurse practitioner no. something like that but all they're the, not all a the nurses nurse. listening are like damn you no we love you all all nurses are important i'm just saying a registered nurse would have been helpful in this situation because of what i'm about to tell you and an intern who was 17 <laughs> dr pignatero you fucking crazy man an intern for what exactly. she's never even been to medical school exactly <laughs> so She starts moaning. Sarah Smith, the patient, starts moaning in pain. So he says to give her more of a certain drug for anesthesia. Mm -hmm. When he gives her this drug, or the nurse, or whoever, someone in that room gave her some more, her heart stops beating because she stopped breathing. Because she's not on a respirator or anything, and there's no anesthesiologist to be like, that's too much of whatever the fuck. Or like, she's losing a heartbeat. Right. So he breaks scrub, which I didn't know what that meant, but it means they pull off their mask and they're like no longer, It sounds you know, very official. Right? I liked that term. Thank you, Forensic Files. Mm-hmm. And um, he was trying to resuscitate her. Well, I, the story that I read on the Oxygen Network website said when the EMTs arrived to take her to the hospital, do you know what happened? They found him trying to clear her airway with a coat hanger. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is the time. Was it a plastic coat hanger or a wire I'm, coat I'm hanger? I'm going to guess it was a wire coat hanger. <laughs> like, what in fuck's name is happening? He's like, this looks useful. Does honey, he just keep that next honey, to the operating table? Like, clog a toilet? Unclog a toilet sometimes if you need to. Sure, 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 sure. It's a hole, I, yeah, mean. I mean. He's like, yeah. I did it once before. It might work this time. He's like, honey, throw my coat on the floor. Give me that hanger. <laughs> Give me that hanger real quick. I got to untwist it. I got to get it down there. An idea. Ah. Anyway, unfortunately, Sarah Smith was 26 years old and the mother of two died. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to laugh at her No, it's tragedy. fine. I mean, it's insanity. Dr. Pignatero is a you, you also have to do your research. you got to get... Yes. But this reminds me a lot of Dr. Death. I don't know if you guys listen to that. I was thinking that while mm-hmm. you're talking. I'm like, they could do a whole other that, yeah. series about this They could do probably. another Dr. Death with Dr. Pignatero. Have you ever seen Botched? The show Botched oh, yeah. on E? Mm-hmm. I mean, some of those stories are just... Oh, just terrible. Just yeah. terrible. So, um, anywho... He goes to trial. He gets um, in big trouble, but not big enough trouble, if you ask me. He gets fined $5,000. What? He has to go to jail for a whopping six months and do like 250 hours of community service. And he killed service. someone? Yeah. Yeah. His medical license was revoked, so he I can't I mean, does practice it matter? Anymore. He couldn't practice to begin with. I mean, he was terrible to start. It didn't matter. So anywho, moving right along... After his six-month stint in the the slammer, he comes home, 
And this is put uh, because he can't get a job now because he doesn't have his medical license. Him and his wife, Debbie Pignataro, start having issues. So they separate briefly, but then they get back together. They reconcile. So they reconcile. It's now 1999. He's like, baby, I have a great idea. Right. No, but they get back it together. It involves snaps. <laughs> no. He was already doing that before oh. all this plastic surgery bullshit. <laughs> no, the snap-on toupee was during. I thought, that, I thought that was going to maybe resurrect his career. No, okay. no, ma'am. That's That was happening during all this. Um, so... He he and his wife reconcile in May of 1999. In July of 1999, Debbie, his wife, starts getting really, really sick. Mm, Debbie. She thinks it's just some sort of flu bug that she can't kick. She keeps throwing up and getting sick. Hmm. So she starts to see gastroenterologists. I'm very familiar as I'm a bit of a puker. Mm-hmm. Then she starts having tingling and numbness in her limbs Hmm. eventually she can't walk she's in a wheelchair dr pegnatero then in another scary twist of events their daughter starts showing symptoms Hmm. of something so it's like the same thing like she gets really violently ill but hers passes and debbie continues to get sick so she keeps going to all these doctors, and she finally goes to see this one doctor who is very hard to understand on Forensic Files. <laughs> he has very large lips, and I feel like he mumbles through them. Like, I feel like he should really work on that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but he decides to take a bone marrow sample Ouch. from Debbie. Right? Owie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he looks at it under a microscope. A very powerful microscope. <laughs> I can just picture the imagery right now in Forensic Files. Can't you? Do, do, do. And it's like they show the person putting the slide under yeah. the, you know, under yes. the microscope and the guy looking through it. And the 80s hair is like yeah. all wild and, and crazy. So exciting. Um, and they realize that the um, red blood cells are mm-hmm. damaged. And he starts to think back to his medical training with his big lips, and he <laughs> dis- he discovers what he thinks is, dun-dun-dun, arsenic poisoning. <sighs> oh my Oldest God. trick in the book. God damn it. <laughs> that and what's the other one? Mm-hmm. Some other poisoning, right? Yeah. What was it? Damn it. I can't um. think of it. I don't know. We'll think of our it. Our coworker always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. Okay, go on. So they're like, where is she coming into contact with arsenic? So strange. Hmm. So they start, like, they do a whole investigation of the house. And anything that was white and powdery, they take as a sample. And they're like, we got to test this. Everything comes back negative for arsenic. Hmm. So it's very confusing. And they then they think maybe she was doing it to herself. <gasps> For attention. Oh. What a whore. Good news. She, she wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> Good news. This is subscribe repeat. And she's a survivor. And she's not a dick. <laughs> so she was basically like, A, why would I do that to my child? Because she was also sick. And then why would I do such a terrible, awful, long-lasting, painful thing like that? When I Were the symptoms long last? Like, is she stuck with this, like, paralyzation and stuff? Oh, man. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. do that to myself. So she's like, it's not me. And so she they they had the daughter think back. Like, on the because her daughter was only sick for a very short period. They're mm-hmm. like, the day you got sick, what did you eat? And the daughter said, there was 
soup that someone had made on the stove. So I had soup. And Debbie says, ah, I remember that. I was having an episode and I was very sick and my husband made chicken noodle soup. Mm. And he brought me a bowl and I told him, I can't eat all this. And he said, you should. It'll make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then the daughter remembers that she saw her dad placing like insect traps around the house that were little metal tins. And they figured out there was only one company that made ant traps in little metal tins. I forget the name of the company that did it. But there was only one. And the main ingredient in the metal tins of ant traps was... Arsenic. Arsenic. Dun, dun, dun. Holy shit. And sidebar. Mm. Who buys little metal tins for ant traps? You know you get those plastic ones. I don't know. It come was on. 1999. I don't know what's happening in 1999. I mean, come on. Step it up. And Correct. you're a doctor. Correct. You can, you can afford a exterminator. Right. So... Then what they do is antifreeze. <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was it. And I and or as the one forensic files episode antifree. <laughs> Remember the letter typed? Yes. Okay, I digress. Go ahead. Okay, um, it wasn't antifreeze. It was arsenic. So um, they when they tested her blood, I forget the exact. It's like she had twenty nine thousand milligrams per per liter or something like that. Math. <sighs> The, she is the, uh, the person who has been alive with the most arsenic in her system in history. Wow, really? Usually if you have 50 to 100 milligrams per liter, you're dead. And what did she have? Almost 30,000. Jesus. So what happened is wow. they figure out that dumbass McGee, Dr. Pignataro. Screws up again. Fucked up again. They found, <laughs> while they were searching his house, once they figured out it was probably him poisoning his wife, they found his manuscript for his dumb book. It was called MD, Mass Destruction. It was called Snap on, Snap Off. It was called Snap on, Snap Off, the toupee. <laughs> snap on, Snap Off, the toupee. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's actually, if you guys don't know, that's from the clapper. Clap on, clap off. The clapper. <laughs> that, that's what that is. Okay, anyway. Um, this is the Jenny show. <laughs> I'm so hot right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm just letting you go. Good. Because it's amazing. Okay, so then they find this dumb manuscript called MD, Mass Destruction. And it's all about the fact that he was singled out, even though lots of doctors kill people all the time. I'm sorry, sir. You used a hanger as a plunger for someone's throat. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. So he basically was like, they think the motive Uh was that he wanted, like when she was really sick, at one point he said she should have surgery to have her gallbladder removed. All of her doctors were like, no, she will die if she has her gallbladder removed. And they think that was his secret plot, is that he wanted his wife to die in surgery so he could come back and say, see, all doctors kill people. Oh my God, what a crazy pants. (gasps) Crazy. I also read, though, in this other article, because I was like, life insurance had to be a factor here. It's always a fucking factor. Especially in forensic files. Yes. They didn't mention it it at all in forensic files. They just said this Hmm. manuscript and his book was like, the driving force. And I kind of liked that. I was like, yes, crazy manuscript, MD, colon, mass destruction. <laughs> Get it? Like he was an MD, but like, anyway, dumb. And 
but no, in the Oxygen article, it said that he was, um, he had a lady friend. Mm-hmm. He had an extramarital affair. Mm-hmm. There's while, always a lady friend or a yeah. man friend in life insurance. So he was in the slammer for that six-month period. He made some uh, undesirable friends, and they told him that he should off his wife so he could get the life insurance and take off with his new lady and start a new life. Oh. Gross. Sounds like it's going to work out. Sounds great. Keep up the good work. Um, So anyway, uh, none of this worked out. His dumb book never came out because he's an idiot. And he got sentenced to 15 years in prison. That's it? He didn't kill her. I know, but attempted. Here's, yeah, it was, it was. And he's clearly crazy. Deadly assault or something like that. Mm -hmm. He got, I don't know, something like that that he got charged with. So 15 years for that. Um, He's actually out Mm. at this point because this happened in 1999. And he is living in Florida, and he's apparently helping elderly people, mm-hmm. which he's allowed to do as long as he doesn't use any doctor stuff. Jeez. I'm like, ew, I would not want him touching any of my grandparents. I mean, all no. my grandparents are dead, but I'm just saying, like, ew, stay away. Stay away. Um, and Debbie is still alive. She never died. And part of the reason they think she didn't die is because... At first, he was dosing her with such small doses of arsenic. She built up like an immune system. Yes, she built up an immunity. Then when he really dosed her hard with that chicken noodle soup bullshit, Mm -hmm. she got really sick, but it didn't kill her because she had such an immunity to arsenic after months of him dosing her. And it also... So how'd the daughter not die then from taking that much? Um, I don't think she ate a lot of the soup. Okay, just a little bit of soup. Yeah, and she threw up like a lot, apparently. Like she was real sick. Like you almost put too much and her body rejected it. Yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, she's not dead, but she does have permanent damage because once your nerves are affected, like once you hurt or kill a nerve, a lot of times it can't grow back. Or if it does, it's going to be like, I don't know, weakened. Yeah. Paralyzed. Makes sense. Not good. So, um, so Debbie, uh, is still alive. Her kids are still alive. They're, you know, Amazing. I don't, I do not think they have anything to do with her crazy ass father and his snap I on fucking toupee. Um, and we still, you know, I still think back to that poor woman who died from the breast augmentation or the, the liposuction lady. Like, yeah. Cause her stomach's God. never, or whatever. It's never gonna be the same. No, it's not. No, it's not. And so. Debbie will never be the same either. So no, but what a trooper and so happy that she has moved on with her life and her and her kids are now living, you know, hopefully happy, healthy. And she, in the forensic fashion, she had a really nice mullet. So do you, congrats. Do you think it was the snap on or do you think it was I, a real I hair? Think hers was real. Okay. He, his hair is a fucking snap on. I will show you a picture right Can now. Can we post a picture? Of yes. I'm going to look it up. Hold he's on. not only the inventor, he's also a client. No, he really is. They showed him in his bald ass head and then they showed him with his puffy toupee. There he is with his puffy toupee. Oh shit. I pictured him to have crazier eyes, but. No. I mean, I feel like he does have crazier eyes in certain pictures, but like, good God. Anyway, that is the story of Debbie Pickett. Good job. <laughs> and you had no notes in front of you. No. That was great. Thanks. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Kenny? Okay, this is a story from our neck of the woods. Mm. The Bay Village police say someone called them about a homeless person, but it was actually what? I know. I already know. Huh. I thought this was a funny headline. I already know yeah. what it is. But it was actually what? Was it like a scarecrow dressed up as 
something. Was okay. it Jesus? It was Jesus. <gasps> <laughs> like a um, like a nativity scene type no, situation. It no. was. It's a statue of Jesus. So here's the reasoning of it's a sculpture that was created, uh, depicting a man wrapped in a blanket lying on a bench. They put it up in Bay Village because Bay Village doesn't have you know a lot of homeless people, and they wanted to show you know homeless is a oh I did I didn't read it, but I remember seeing the picture. And literally 20 (laughs) minutes after it was installed, the police got a call saying there's a homeless person. Eh. Someone check it out. But it was Jesus. Sounds about right. In all fairness, you can't tell it's Jesus. It's just like a blank. Right. Yeah. It's the guy. In a I blanket. would think that would be a homeless. And you know what? The but babe, I wouldn't. I would. Here's the thing. I wouldn't call the cops on a homeless person. But maybe they're calling to make sure he's okay. Like I wouldn't call I the cops to be helpful. like he's a menace. I'd be in like, the story, maybe they he's... do frame it as the police would have went and checked to see if he was okay if it was a homeless actual person. But through okay. my my favorite murder skills, I also wouldn't walk up to him and ask him if he's okay. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. No. But I would probably call the cops and yeah, say, if you're like, a murderino, you, you can't just like, walk up to This guy's been randos. laying here for like three days. Yeah, Someone no. Check him out. I'm not going to check you out. No. Goodbye. No. Maybe with a stick? If he's been there three days know. and he hasn't a, moved at all. A long one. A long <laughs> stick. <laughs> um, okay. Mm. Excellente. Okay. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Sip, Survive, and Repeat. Goodbye. See you next week. <laughs>